This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I actually just got home as we are recording this. Well, not just walked in the door, but yesterday afternoon, I got home from spending Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Kentucky at the Barefoot Republic Camp with 7th and 8th graders from our church. Oh, wow. (laughs) You went on the 8th grade DC trip, Jesse. Yeah, that was just 8th graders, though, and that was not as many kids as you There were only, I think, 34 kids. It was a small camp because it was only 7th and 8th graders from our smaller church campus. And you had a number of adults with you guys, too. We had some student leaders, and we also had some adult leaders. So I would say probably for every child, there was maybe... For every four, not for every child, for every four to five kids, there was an adult. So so it was not... They had a great ratio and everything. But there were 20 people who stayed in our room. Um, with the no. seventh, seventh and eighth grade girls, plus the student leaders, plus the leaders. There were 20 women and girls in one cabin. And that is a lot of estrogen. <laughs> it was a lot. And when I walked into the cabin and I saw all the bunk beds, I guess I was picturing smaller cabins with maybe, you know, four or five bunk beds. And I walked in and I saw all of them. I thought, what have I gotten myself into? But I ended up having a wonderful retreat. I posted some pictures on Instagram and I even got to do some zip lining. I went on the giant swing and um, we had so much fun, cereal party, karaoke, dance party, um, dodgeball in the dark with glow in the dark dodgeballs. 
which I am horrible at, by the way, but I actually was one of the last people standing only because I guess I'm good at standing at the back and dodging the balls. I that would actually be pretty interesting because you could see in your periphery the glowing balls getting thrown at you and in the in the dark. That would be kind of fun. It was fun. It was fun. But at the best part... The fun was great, but the best part where the sessions were so good, the worship was so good. We had such great discussions in the small groups. And just to get to walk alongside these girls, these seventh grade girls who they're struggling with some big stuff. And big time. Yeah. And I just think it was great for me because we're just in the thick of that at our home with the seventh and eighth, seventh eighter. Seventh grader, <laughs> seventh grader, and an eighth grader that we have right now with Catherine and Caitlin, and so I felt like this is the season that I'm in, and right. I these are the conversations that we're having on a daily basis, and so to get to pour into these girls, it was just really great. They were so open and so vulnerable, and I just loved it. And part of me was like, I should do student ministry, but <laughs> I'm also in women's ministry at the church and work full time and need to sleep. And so you kind of are in student ministry, that age group at home. So yes, I know. I was like, well, I guess I do student ministry every day. Maybe eventually I'll do it more than just out of my home. I wanted to talk today about, speaking of our kids, they have standardized testing this week. Actually, Catherine doesn't, but Caitlin and Silas do. So their teachers were like, need to make sure that they are eating well and sleeping well and that they bring a good snack to school. So the kids were like, mom, can you make those energy bites? Remember those energy bites? And I have not made them for a while, but it's a recipe on moneysavingmom.com. It's peanut butter and oats and coconut. You can put some flaxseed in there. You could put other um, things like dried cranberries or raisins. They mostly just like them with chocolate chips and honey. We didn't have any honey, sweets, maple syrup instead. But this is kind of something that's, quote, saving our lives this week because I made a big batch last night. The kids already had some for breakfast and they were very excited to bring them to school this week. I have a feeling I might be making more than one batch of yeah. them this yeah, week. They're really good. They're so good. And we keep them in the freezer so that they maybe last a little bit longer because <laughs> they're a little harder to eat as quickly when they're frozen. <laughs> that's, that is true. But I love it because you can you have them teeth. for breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, after dinner snack. They're, they're good for any time of the day and they're fairly healthy and they're good too. They're good. And they give you energy. So that's what's saving my life this week. And I will put the link to the recipe in the show notes. I have a confession to make. And that is, Uh-oh. I did not finish any books last week. <laughs> what did you finish any audio books? I finished, last week? I listened to part of one audio book and that was it. I know. You're cheating. I, I'm not cheating. I'm slacking. I'm slacking. Well, by listening to the audio books, it's cheating. And it's not cheating because it is finishing books. And however you finish them. I, I used to count when I read aloud to the kids. That counted too. That's finishing a book. C-Spot Run? You counted that? No. No wonder you read so many Little books. House on the Prairie and those types of chapter books. I counted those. Okay, some of the books that I counted were shorter, but hey. C-Spot Run has one chapter in it. I did not count <laughs> We don't even, is there even a book called C-Spot Run? Did you yes. just make that up? No. Okay. 
I don't know that I ever read that to the children. I do not believe Good Night Moon. Have yes, I did read Good Night Moon. I did not count that one. Otherwise, I would have read a hundred books <laughs> per year, in addition to the other books that I read because we read Good Night Moon so many times. I can recite that thing. Probably still. I love that book. Okay. Anyway, so I didn't finish any books this past week, but I did want to talk about Goodreads. This is an app and a website that I'm using this year to track my books that I'm reading. I think I've kind of mentioned it, but I wanted to spend a little time talking about it because it is challenging me and encouraging me and motivating me to read, although you would know it from the fact that I didn't finish any books this last week. But um, You were a little bit busy. I did have a lot going on this past week, and so I gave myself grace. It was one of those weeks where every time I thought of turning on an audio, I was like, I need quiet instead. So I chose quiet. Probably smart. <laughs> quiet over an audio With all book. all those girls, I'm it sure it was not quiet. But it was anyway. not quiet. So goodreads.com, or you can download their app. And what I love about it is you can set a goal of how many books you want to read in a year, and it tracks those books. You can then put books you want to read, books you're currently reading, and books you have read so you can track everything. You can do this for years on end. I know some people have been doing it for a long time. Does, it, ha- of- does it have the books saved as like a database? Like it already has information on how many pages are in the books and who the authors are and things yes. like that? Yes. So you just type in, you would just type in the search bar. You can type in, I think, the ISBN number or the name of the book or even the author, and it'll pull it up. It'll show a picture of it. It'll tell about it. It will tell reviews that other people have done. It has links if you want to go purchase it. Interesting. And then you can add it to want to read, currently reading, have already read. And what I love especially is that when I put it on currently reading, then you can track how many pages in you are, which when I listen to audiobooks, I know, I I don't know exactly how many pages in I am, but I just look at the percentage on my app of how much that I've listened to. And then I just kind of compute that and put that in as how many pages I am. So it just kind of keeps you motivated. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I only have 120 pages left. And so- I was going to make a joke for you about your 25 pages. In. So that'd be like six months for me. That, <laughs> yes. That's what you were going to say. But okay. I love also then it will tell you. So I set a goal to read 80 books this year and it will tell me how well I'm doing. And so when you log in, it'll say you're one book behind or you're on track or I've never had it say you're ahead. I'm hoping I'm going to get there. Although this week wasn't that great, but I just wanted to recommend that for anyone who loves reading. Probably you already have the app, but if you don't have the app, I actually don't have the app. I'm just using the website because we've already talked about oh, how app diverse I, I am. I thought you were going to have like an app that I don't know about and don't have. And no, I don't have the app. I've heard that I'm going to download the app. I've heard the app is really great, and I just use the website though. So that's Goodreads.com um, or the Goodreads app, and we will put the link in the show notes. And I also wanted to mention for those of you who haven't done so already, go to crystalpain.com forward slash mornings. This is where you can sign up for my free five-day course, five days to a better morning. I will send you an email early, early every morning for five days, just to give you some practical encouragement to start your day well. And also in that email, there is a link to an exclusive Facebook group that you can join. And I have daily motivational videos to just encourage you to be intentional, to um, have a great day and ways that you can set yourself up for success. So five days to a better morning. It's a free course that I'm offering. Go to crystalpain.com forward slash mornings to sign up. Lee Kramer and I have known each other for a long time. 
For those who might not know, so Lee ended up helping me with virtual assistant stuff. And now she is um, still continuing to do, we just throw all sorts of projects at her. And she's doing um, a lot of the Facebook stuff right now. So she uh, schedules posts on Facebook. So a lot of times when you see posts on Facebook, that is Lee's handiwork that she has made happen. But she's also passionate about the Enneagram. And since we've gotten so many questions over the last number of weeks about the Enneagram, as I mentioned it on various podcast episodes, I thought it was high time that we just sit down and have a conversation about this topic. And I could think of no better person than Lee Kramer, because she is someone who has really helped me and processed with me as I've kind of been like, I think this is what I am, but I'm not sure. And she's asked great questions. And so thank you so much for joining us today, Lee. Thank you for having me on. It's fun. And before we dive in, I know this is one of those awkward questions, but I'd love to just hear a little bit about, you know, where do you live right now? Because you have moved recently (laughs) and kind of what you're up to and just tell people um, just a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about. Sure. So I currently live in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, as of this past December, but I'm from the Chicago suburbs. Originally, I've lived in Nashville, San Francisco, um, and and then uh, the Twin Cities was just before this Knoxville move. So I... I apparently like to move a lot. I <laughs> did not know that about myself until, until the last several years. And I used to be a social worker. I worked for hospice and then I worked at a children's hospital um, in pediatric oncology and hematology and then kind of burned out on all of that and transitioned into being an admin. So I've been an administrative assistant and then I also have worked as a virtual assistant. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. I had no idea that this is where I would end up, but um, I, I really enjoy it. And then I've also uh, published my first novel. I was going to say, you have to tell us about your book. (laughs) It's called A Storied Life. I kind of dared myself to see if I could actually write a novel. And then when I finished writing it, I really liked it. And I thought it was a story that was worth sharing. So Mm. put it out into the world. um, And it follows Olivia, whose grandmother is dying. So it is exploring end of life issues. uh, But there is also a love story thrown in there. Mm. So a little something for everyone. (laughs) And you are one of the most voracious readers I have ever met. (laughs) And so we'll talk more about that at the end when we talk about books, but you just constantly inspire me with reading. Okay, so let's dive into Enneagram. And I'd love to know how you first discovered the Enneagram and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, so in 2010, uh, my friend Mark told me about the Enneagram, in part because he knew that as a social worker and he thought maybe I would use it professionally, but he also knew that I love personality type systems and just self growth and improvement and all of that. And he learned about it from his spiritual director. So he told me to read Richard Rohr's book, um, The Enneagram, A Christian Perspective. And that's where I started. And in the process of reading the book, I realized that I was a four, have the need to be special. And at first I was mortified, <laughs> I was mortified that, that I was a four because it didn't sound, didn't sound so great. Uh, but what you learn is that, uh, there's good and bad in all of us. And we have, we have our struggles, but we also have these great gifts as well. And so now I'm pretty proud to be a four, even mm-hmm. though it tells people a lot about who I am. Uh, and, uh, I, at first, when I was getting into it, nobody besides my friend knew about it. Like I would mention mm-hmm. it in conversations and people would be like, any of what? <laughs> just, just no idea. 
Uh, and so it was just kind of like an interesting thing that I knew about myself. And then I went to went back to therapy and my counselor started using it in our sessions. And that's when I feel like it really came alive for me, uh, which makes sense because it is an oral tradition. Mm. So something about exploring it with someone in therapy um, and kind of talking through what what being a four looked like in my day to day just really lit something up inside of me. And I just started talking to my friends about it all the time. <laughs> Bless them for, for letting <laughs> me do that and uh, letting me help them figure out their type. And, you know, it just it really kind of exploded from there. <laughs> So for someone who's brand new to the Enneagram, maybe they've heard that word, they feel like, oh, just some, like, just some trend that's going on, you know, and it's probably going to just die. Can you talk about it more and talk about how it's not just this brand new thing that's just come about? Right. No, it's been around for centuries. The exact origin is a little unclear, um, but it, you know, the desert fathers and mothers use it. Sufis used it. I mean, it's been around since the very early centuries. Um, and then in the sixties and seventies, um, a couple of psychologists found out about it. And that's kind of when the Enneagram as we know it now, um, came to be. So as you are, as you're reading or talking about with people, it's because of, um, is because of those psychologists that we really know about it. Um, and I, I feel like the more people know about it, the more it grows. And now I feel like it's, it's wild to see how, how popular it's become <laughs> because for so many years, people had no idea what I was talking about. So it's great. Give us a basic overview of just there's nine types and just really quickly what each of those types are, the, the basic gist. Yes. Okay. So first I want to say that the Enneagram is is really about explaining why we behave the way that we do. And then it also provides a pathway for individual growth. So it Mm. is different from other personality systems that are out there. I mean, it can just be like a fun fact that you know about yourself, but really it is to help us become healthier. Mm -hmm. The other interesting thing about the Enneagram or perhaps depressing thing about the Enneagram is that it's oriented around our root struggles. And so that's mm. why a lot of people will say when they first figure out their type, they, they cringe or like me, they're mortified <laughs> because, you know, it forces you to confront your junk and mm. uh, that's, that's not always fun. So, yes. so nine types we're, we'll start with type one. Um, they're usually known as the teachers and um, they have the need to be perfect and their root struggle is anger or resentment but then their their great gift is serenity. Then mm. type two is usually known as the helper, and they have the need to be needed. And the root struggle is pride, um, but their great gift is humility. And so you'll see what the struggle and the gift for each one is. They're they're kind of complementary mm-hmm. or opposites. Uh, type three is the achiever. They have the need to succeed. The root struggle is deceit, but the great gift is truthfulness or honesty. Mm. Type four, which is me. You're about to learn a lot about me right now. <laughs> uh, known as the individualist, we have the need to be special. The root struggle is envy and comparison. Um, but the great gift is emotional balance. Type five is known as the observer. They have the need to perceive. The root struggle is avarice or greed. Um, the great gift is objectivity or non-attachment. Type six is known as the loyalist. They have the need for security. The root struggle is fear or worry. Um, the great gift is courage. Type seven is known as the enthusiast. 
They have the need to avoid pain. The root struggle is gluttony. Their great gift is joy. Type 8 is known as the challenger. They have the need to be against. And the root struggle is lust. Um, The great gift is innocence. Mm. And then 9 is known as the peacemaker. They have the need to avoid. And I want to clarify. So 7s have the need to avoid pain. Uh, nines have the need to avoid, just like across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the root struggle is laziness, um, but the great gift is decisive action. So that that's a lot. Thank you so much yes. for, and I think I feel like that's so helpful. One of the things that I loved when I first really started reading about the Enneagram was the fact that it gave me like a path to health, like to becoming a more emotionally healthy person. And so that to understand not only my struggles, but then what healthy living would look like for me. And uh, that's one thing that I just really love because I feel like with other personality typing systems, it's kind of like, this is who you are. Like, this is, right. this is it, you know, where this yeah. one is like, and so I'm always saying like, I, I want to be moving toward compassion because that's not what comes naturally to me. And so I'm, I celebrate when I see myself moving in a way that is a healthy direction. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it helps us be more compassionate with each other and uh, we're better able to navigate conflict that arises. Um, mm-hmm. You don't expect everyone to view the world the way that you do. Like once mm-hmm. you understand that we're all coming at things from different motivations, even if some of our external behavior looks the same, if we're not the same type, like it's coming from a completely different place. So mm-hmm. when I can remember that, um, that just helps me be more gracious overall. So for someone who wants to determine what they are in the Enneagram, what is the best way to go about that? I would read the profiles. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can go to the Enneagram Institute website. They have, um, it's all a bunch of free resources there, but you can read through the profiles. Um, Or if you want to read a book about it, I think The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile is one of the most accessible books. It's so easy to read. Like you could read it in a day and it's a book that you will enjoy reading. Um, There are other really great books, but they they are a little on the drier side or can be overwhelming with the amount of information. So I think starting with either the Enneagram Institute or The Road Back to You is probably the way to go. And then once you're ready to learn more and you want to really dig into how how the Enneagram works and all of the different ways to use it, then I would say pick up a copy of The Wisdom of the Enneagram by Rizzo and Hudson or The Complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut. Okay, perfect. And I love in the road back to you, I feel like there are some things that it can come across a little negative, like some of the, maybe you don't feel like that, but I felt like some of them, it could feel a little negative, but I loved how they have the sections at the beginning where it tells, it kind of just has this list of the different typings and how they operate. And I find that to be really helpful. And I encourage people to just go read through those. And that can give you a little bit of a starting point for, you know, thinking about what, how you operate in the world. And, and really think about what's most true of you most of the time. It can be easy to think about the Enneagram from an aspirational perspective and, mm-hmm. and think about what you wish was true about yes. you. Like, I want to be a two. So if I take the test, I, I like the test online, I'll be a two because that's what I want to be. Right, right. But that's, it, you know, thinking that you're a two and you're not a two is not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And do you do you find that the tests the tests online oftentimes give incorrect results? Yes, for sure. Okay. Uh, I I think um, so. Like maybe twenty five percent of the time, they'll give you an accurate result. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ca- it could be a starting point. Like if you read through all nine types and you still have no idea, um, you know, maybe maybe try taking one of the tests and see at least look at the top three results and then read through those profiles and like really hone in on what's most true most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I feel like reading through the profiles or talking through it with someone that knows about the enneagram is is probably the most helpful way to go. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. And I want to get to the fun questions too. But um, <laughs> I did want to mention that on your site, leekramer.com, is it leekramer.com? Yes. I should have, okay, that you have a section on the Enneagram there with some other helpful links and resources and stuff. So that would be um, a great place for people to go as well if they want to just get a really holistic view of what this is and how it works. And I think you break it down really well when you talk about it on your site. So that's leekramer.com and we will link to that in the show notes. Let's talk about what you're reading right now. <laughs> what 15 oh, books you finished in the last 10 I days. Know, I was going to say like, well, I'm in the middle of eight or nine books right I'm, now. <laughs> I'm not going to list all of them because. How many have you read so far this year? That's what I Oh need to goodness. Know. Uh, I don't think I, I didn't count that. Probably. Let's see, we're in April. I mean, I, I read anywhere from like 20 to 30 books a month. So amazing. <laughs> so inspirational. So, but I, I will say, I know some people hear that and they just are like, what? Um, but I don't, I don't ever watch TV. And mm-hmm. so when I have free time, I am reading a book. And I always mm-hmm. have a book on me. You know, in my purse, I have a couple of different reading apps on my phone. Like I just, any spare time that I have is devoted to reading and I'm a really fast reader. So Mm -hmm. I feel like those two things are (laughs) why, why I can read as much as I do. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want anyone to feel bad about how much they read or don't read. This is just, this is what fills me up and gives me a lot of life. So yeah. And you know that about yourself and you know that if you're not reading, I know we've had conversations where you've talked about like when you're not reading a lot, it, it affects you in a negative way. So oh, it's important for you. Yes. Um, okay. So what is just one book that maybe you've read recently that has really resonated with you or one book that you're reading right now that you're just really loving? Can I like say two? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I, I am reading, um, the hollow of fear by Sherry mm-hmm. Thomas, which is mm-hmm. the third book in her Lady Sherlock series. So if anyone likes Sherlock Holmes, um, she has like, it's a gender bending uh, retelling and mm-hmm. her books are just so well developed. She's actually a romance author, uh, but this this series is straight up mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how she has developed her characters and and just the overarching plot of the series is just really fascinating to me. Mm. And then uh, the other one I'll mention is <laughs> it's it's called Lothair. It is mm-hmm. a paranormal romance. It's the twelfth book in a series um, called Immortals After Dark. So if you like mm-hmm. vampires and werewolves and actually werewolves aren't really a thing, but like Valkyries, witches, all of that. Um, I've been reading along with a podcast called Faded Mates, and they're mm-hmm. they're doing these deep dives into the series. And it's just so much fun to talk about it with people that are geeking out over a series as much as you are. I've never listened to a podcast that is following along with the series. I know a lot of people do that. I'm like, that would be actually really cool. 
Yeah, it's it's real. It's really fun, and uh, the people that put it together um, just bring out these really rich insights. And yeah, I love I love listening to book podcasts, whether they're doing the deep dive into a series or just going through one book and really honing in on what it's all about. Mm. I need to check. I need to check that out because I have a few books that I've read recently that I'm like, I just want to talk about them with somebody. Yeah. Maybe there's a podcast on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then what's saving your life right now? This could be a productivity tip or life hack, an idea you're implementing, anything that's making your life better, easier, or more enjoyable. So it's going to sound funny, but uh, there are these mugs by a shop called Pen and Paint. Mm-hmm. And I cannot get enough of these mugs. I use one every day. The one that I I've been using the most lately is this pink one that she just came out with a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of months ago. And it says, hello, beautiful. Mm. And so I make my tea every morning in, in one of my pen and paint mugs. And it just makes me so happy every time. They're like the perfect size, the perfect heft. I love the design. And uh, I travel a lot because basically because I can, I can work from anywhere. And so a lot of times I will bring one of my pen and paint mugs with me just to have that touch of home. Um, but also because not everyone has the same mug preference that I do. <laughs> There's something about just drinking your tea in the morning in your mug that you love. It just yeah. it starts your day well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a bad mug just gets your day off on a bad foot. So. Right. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing all your wisdom today. And thank you for inspiring people to go check out the Enneagram and go learn more about themselves so that they can become healthier, more holistic people and really step into their gifts and their wirings. Um, I'm just excited to help people to be able to have these tools and these resources that can really make a difference. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really fun to discuss all of this. Today's question for the Q&A segment comes from Amy, and Amy emailed in in response to a post that I shared on MoneySavingMom.com. If you don't follow on MoneySavingMom.com, every month I do a recap of the previous month and talk about how I'm doing on my goals that I set for the year. Because at the beginning of 2019, I shared my goals, and then every month I just post a recap of how I'm doing and the progress that I'm making or the progress that I'm not making to just help me to stay accountable. So Amy says, hi, I was wondering if your husband also does these monthly goals like you do. I know I should just do this for myself and I keep admiring you for it and thinking, oh, one day when I have my stuff together, I'll do this. But I'm kind of realizing that maybe I'll never have my stuff together because I actually don't have any goals or big dreams that have an achievable path. So I was just wondering how you guys do this. Well, to answer the question, the first question, no, I don't set monthly goals like you do. Used to, and generally, I think it's more of a yearly goal that I try to break down, especially with the planner that I'm using I'm able to break the annual goals down to quarterly goals. And, and that's the full focus that's a planner, full focus planner by that Michael Hyatt that we about. talked about in an earlier episode. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Right. And and it's been good. It's been good to use that tool and write that down on a regular basis just to keep myself accountable. But as far as a monthly goal, no. But I would say in answer to the uh, commenter that don't wait. You're never going to have your stuff together. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to help you get your stuff together is to set goals and to be intentional. And you'll find that 
as you move towards those goals, you will get your stuff together and you'll, because you're more focused and you're more intentional about what you're doing and you're not just letting life happen to you and flying by the seat of your pants. I also think we have this kind of pie in the sky view of like, one day I'm going to have all of my ducks in an alphabetized row and I'm going to have it all figured out. I know you're giving me a, okay, that was a bad analogy. One day I'm just going to have my stuff together. Okay. Is that better? And yet, what does that even mean? Because life is never going to be perfect this side of heaven never going to be perfect. There's always going to be interruptions. There's always going to be things that we didn't expect. There's always going to be challenges. There's always, I feel like it's kind of like when you have a newborn and you feel like, oh, finally we got them sleeping through the night and then they have a growth spurt. It's, it's, you, you never have it where it's like, just, I mean, nothing, nothing hard or uncomplicated. I don't know where you're going with that, but, but they, they say that the most common time of the year to start a diet is tomorrow. And the most common day of the week to start a diet is tomorrow too. And that's true. So, I mean, we're always trying to push something off until we're ready and let's just start today. Just because we're never going to be ready. Never going to be ready. We're never going to be ready. And so I think that it's, it's important to stop living in the future and stop saying, when I do this, then I'm going to do this. What can you start doing today? So for Amy, you know, you look at my goals and maybe there's no way that you can set, I think I set 14, 14 goals for 2019. This is something that I have been working on for years to kind of perfect the art of goal setting, what works for me, how it works for me, how to set realistic goals, how to break them down into bite-sized pieces and how to follow through with them. Right. But Amy, you can start today and say, where do I want to be in six weeks from now? What can I do today? What can I take 15 minutes to do today that's going to help me get where I want to be in six weeks from now? What can I commit to doing every single day for the next six weeks that's going to help me be moving in the direction that I want to go? Or even if six weeks is too much, too much for you to handle or think, think about the next seven days. What's something you can do the next seven days to put you in a better position this time next week? And I think that so often we focus on how far we have to go instead of focusing on the next tiny little step that we can take. Right. And if we just will say, I'm just going to do the next right thing, as um, Emily P. Freeman talks about so much, you know, what is the next right thing for you to do? Do that. Focus on that. Do that well. Be fully present with that. And if you continue to just show up every day and do the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing, in seven days from now, in six weeks from now, in six months from now, you're going to look back and you're going to realize, oh, wow. I did make a lot of progress. Right. And for me, it starts with, you know, setting some objectives. You need to know kind of where you want to head. Are you just going to run around and chase your tail? Yep. You run in circles if you don't set a goal. But at the same time, don't set this huge, massive goal that's just going to overwhelm and frustrate you. So start small. And so that's why I feel like, you know, thinking in seven days or three weeks or six weeks versus six months or a year first starting out with goal setting can be super helpful. And if you need some practical help, Jesse and I wrote a course called Make Over Your Year. We talked about this in an earlier episode, but it is a four-week goal setting course that walks you through our process, that gives you help to give you um, perspective and different types of goal setting, 
help you to set up some accountability, help you to break your goals into bite-sized pieces and help you to actually follow through with them. So if you're interested in that, you can go to makeoveryouryear.com. That's makeoveryouryear.com and you can purchase that. It is uh, $17, $17 right now. So just go to Make Over Your Year. We'll put a link in the show notes for more um, helpful information. And if you'd love to see my goals, just as maybe some inspiration, some motivation for 2019, if you'd love to see where I'm falling short and where I'm succeeding, um, I'll put a link in the show notes for my March recap of my 2019 goals. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 